The pilot ep- <laughs> You keep smacking your lips. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Every time I start. All right, here we go. You good? Uh-huh. The pilot episode of Ferris Bueller premiered on August 23rd, 1990 on NBC. This is Pilot Study, Episode 2, and let's put 25 minutes on the clock. Pilot Study, Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows, but only the pilot episode that means the first show, in case you didn't know. You never know what show they're gonna talk about, but they're only gonna talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study Episode 2. My name is Chris Lantine and I am your host and I am joined, as always, by Grimes. Welcome. Yes, indeed. Happy to be here. We made it to Episode 2. I think I think we've already exceeded expectations. I think so, and we've definitely exceeded the quality of the show we're about to talk about. <laughs> So today we're talking about Ferris Bueller, the television show adaptation of the famous... Was it directed by John Hughes, or did he just produce it? I think he was definitely part of it. I'm not sure in what capacity, but okay. it's, it's Hughes all I over. I think he was the director, so it was the John Hughes movie, the adaptation made for TV, premiered on August 23rd, 1990 on NBC. We only got 25 minutes to get into it. So where exactly do we want to start on this flaming garbage pile? Well, I think the not-so-subtle chainsawing of a <laughs> cardboard cutout of Matthew Broderick is a good place to start. Okay, so do you, um, should I start with my theory? Yes, please do. All right. So this is, this is supposed to be the world, or this is supposed to be what we think is the world that they've created. So the world the show lives in. And I'm really, really interested in this. So in this world, Ferris Bueller really existed. They based the movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, off of the real world Ferris. And then this TV show is basically the real world Ferris saying that the movie one was kind of like an over-exaggeration or didn't hit the right like moments. So this is like the real story of Ferris Bueller. So the chainsaw incident that you're referencing is that he pulls a Matthew Broderick cutout out of a closet in like literally the first three minutes of the show. Yeah, I mean, like and, right off the bat. In a house where I don't know where he got the chainsaw, but apparently <laughs> right. this is real life. As he mentions a couple times in the pilot, he takes a chainsaw and cuts the head of Ferris Bueller, of Matthew Broderick's Ferris Bueller, clean off. So in this world, there has been a movie based on this character that we see right. in the TV show. And my question is, why, and this is like the whole, why the whole conceit of the show doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why does nobody else reference the fact that Ferris Bueller has a, a movie based off of him? Right, like he would be so famous at that point, he wouldn't still be living his normal kid life. <laughs> like his parents don't reference it. His parents still think he's a good kid, even though the movie Ferris right. Bueller's Day Off was about him being a bad person. <laughs> Maybe they didn't go see it. Like, do you not know who your son is? Right. In the movie, he already has Sloane, the girlfriend. In the show, she hasn't even gotten to his school yet. Yeah, so the TV show is lagging behind the movie that they already wrote about him. Right. So the the TV show includes 
or the movie included things that haven't even happened in reality in the television show. No one, nobody mentions it at all. The parents don't know he's a bad kid. The sister never mentioned that mentions it. I just think this TV version is just kind of a delusional individual. Yeah, it's pretty clear that they wanted to cash in. Somebody at NBC bought the rights to Ferris Bueller, and they wanted <laughs> to make money from the popularity of the movie. There's no point to the show at all. No, not really. Well, apparently there was 13 episodes, and it got yeah, can- it, it got canceled like- after that. Um, there was 12 that aired during that summer and fall, and then they had like one leftover that they aired in like january of the next year that was just kind of like a leftover we spent money on it we should probably air this but it really it only lasted that one season even though it was like the lead-in or fresh prince of bel-air was its lead-in wow yeah so it had like a good lead-in and it was on like a good night of comedy in quotes but it couldn't make it past 13 (coughs) so what i mean Let's just talk about that intro, I guess, again, because it's everything that really is like bad with a pilot episode. They have to introduce everybody. Mm-hmm. They did a terrible job of that, too. The characters in this are, I mean, the parents are the worst actors. Right. Like, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, how did this get made? Millions of dollars went <laughs> into this. They could have helped homeless people or AIDS or anything. Okay. Um, you know, I do want to ask you this. We'll just get right into this. Okay. What do you think of the representation of the internet in this show? Well, it's one of those... I did take notes on that. Like, in every... Seemingly every 80s and early to mid-90s thing, the, the main character has to be a master hacker who can hack into mainframes and change whatever they need changed to make their lives easier. And it's so ridiculous that a kid in a limo <laughs> with... A Commodore 64 could hack into his school and the police databases and like use this internet. You but, know. And there's a very early representation of like Facebook in this. Because when he's looking up Sloan, it's like got her picture and her information. It really looks like a Facebook profile that he's like stumbled upon and he's Facebook stalking this girl. Way before that was even, you know, a made possible by the god zuckerberg he's he's ready to netflix and chill bro he's ready maybe that's where zuckerberg (laughs) got the idea and there's a lawsuit to be had for the writers of this tv show social network too but it's zuckerberg (laughs) versus the creators of this show which i didn't even bother writing down i did write down the lead actor's name his name was charlie slater or charlie schlatter and uh, he's actually still working a lot he is doing a ton of voice work and that kind of makes sense because he has like this very cartoony voice, right? Yeah, he does sound kind of like he could play a, a friendly main character in like a <laughs> rapid cartoon or something. Uh, okay, so what about Jennifer Aniston? Because Jennifer Aniston's in this show. What did you think of her? That This is the old nose, real Jennifer Aniston, like from the Leprechaun movie era, pre-Friends. Wait, wait, wait. Old nose? Yeah, if you notice, her face is quite different now in modern times. She's had many nose reconstructions. It's pretty clear. Oh, okay. I Um, wasn't aware of that. Yeah, I'm a big Aniston fan. I go deep with Jen Aniston. Okay, so, I mean, I actually don't think she was really that bad in this show. Like, out of anybody in the cast, it seems like she actually is the one that has comedic timing. And even though she does just play basically like the angry sister... 
she I don't know, she has some moments. You could see kind of like a glimmer of what would become like the big TV star. Well, yeah, she's kind of like um the the fact that this was on NBC makes me think that they just like bought her soul in the late 80s and just kind of <laughs> owned her for two decades. Because all of her lines just like in Friends, they're all catchphrases like when the principal's like, you're late for class, what does that mean? She's like, I guess I can't go to heaven. I was like, that's a little bit of a reach to say, like, <laughs> over a detention. Now I can't go to heaven. I'm, and then, like, he gives ahead. her a third detention. She's like, I don't know. It just felt so forced. All of her lines were just, like, smart comments. Yeah, she she was forced. I still think she was, like, the best pure actor on the show. I mean, even even the um, principal who went on to star in like a ton of different things. Office Space. Yeah, he's the jump to conclusion board guy in yes, Office Space. Yes. He is horrible in this. Very bad. I don't know what wavelength he was supposed to be on or what the director said to do, but he was taking like Rooney, who I think is the principal in the movie, yeah. and just like turning it up to a hundred of like how stupid can one person be? I, I hate it when shows. Like, even shows that are about, like, kind of like an elevated reality, when shows make adults be complete morons and have no right. common sense. Because that, that means when the kids, like, defeat them, inevitably, there's nothing really to defeat. You defeated, like, a robot with half a brain. Right, a moron. <laughs> like, a, those, a lot of TV people could never make it through actual life. That guy would never be a principal. He would be lucky to be, like, on the school staff anywhere. I'm I'm bounce, like that. I'm bouncing around a lot because I I'll, my notes kind of bounce around when I was watching it. But so if he at one point in the show Jennifer Aniston says that like when the parents leave at the very beginning J- uh, Jennifer Aniston says that you're nothing. I'm a senior, you're a junior or whatever, you're nothing. Yeah. So if he's nothing, how is he a legendary person that they made a movie about? <laughs> right, she doesn't have a leg to stand on. I do not get it. Well, I don't think this show has a leg to stand on. This was like, have you ever played the Back to the Future Nintendo game? I have not. Okay. The Back to the Future Nintendo game takes like, kind of like the general like elements of the movie. Like there's a photograph that when the pictures are fading, there's a skateboard, the character's wearing like a hat. But the actual like plot of the game has nothing to do with the movie itself. I kind of I kind of feel like this is the Nintendo video game version of Ferris Bueller. It's like polygons that kind of look like the original characters. Right. It's like kind of like the same general world, and there's like really random items like um, like the limo, and um, like maybe like a piece of his clothing or something like that. But it's really just like. It's hitting the broad strokes while not while not really taking the things that worked about the movie. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. Um, I noticed the, going along with that too. They say his name in this show like a ridiculous amount. It's <laughs> it's mixed in with the music. It'll just be like Bueller like every time he says something, and like he just keeps saying i'm ferris bueller and one time it it just said two times in a row like he says it and then it's said by somebody else like back to back like that's bueller and then the teacher does the whole like ben stein bueller thing they have to put that in there um because it's it was funny in the movie well i was thinking about what made what made the movie work 
And the first thing that made the movie work was that Good he acting. was well, yeah, that was that he was skipping school, right? Yes, yeah, but that was the, the whole, whole episode thing. they spend at school. Right. The the only part you didn't want to see in the movie, which is why it was good, <laughs> is is where they spend the entire TV show. Yeah, and they really um they really there's just nothing that they did right, and I think it also speaks to the era of TV. If you if something like this came out now, based on I don't even know, one of those high school dancing movies, I guess would be the equivalent of Ferris Bueller. Nobody would watch it. Like this is just a total disrespect for the audience. They didn't try to get lookalikes for the characters at all, or or even really sound alikes. Um, other than Cameron, who kind of was close, but his attitude was way off. The guy in the TV show was like a, he's kind of a jerk. Cameron doesn't really make any sort of impression in this pilot. No, they, they probably wanted to go with a different guy, and they were just testing this guy out. <laughs> they, they went heavy on the Bueller, and it's weird because the Bueller is so bad that you would think that they would like try to make it like an ensemble cast and like give us a lot of Cameron, give us a lot of right. um, Je- uh, Jennifer Aniston. Obviously, they didn't know what they had there. and But no, they went super heavy on Bueller, and this girl that he likes that has no personality, other than... Other than the fact that she wants to be a dancer and decides in one day that she's going to move schools. Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to make this happen when I hack into my school's mainframe, just like I did with the police. <laughs> yeah, he's ha- he, he actually- like, raises someone's bail to two... Oh, yeah, his sister, like, not to jump ahead too far, but, like, in the same theme, uh, one of Aniston's best scenes, she gets pulled over and uh, arrested. They're going to yeah. take her downtown. And she drives off. A little bit of a racist scene too, because yeah. the the cop is African American. Cringe. <laughs> the cop is African American, and she's like, "You can't be a cop. There's no way." Right. He's got a cop uniform on. He's driving a cop car. What is the one part that makes you think he cannot be a police officer? She hmm. thinks it's another one of Ferris's pranks. You know, he's got so. connections. Before we get too late into our running yeah. into our running time here. I want to talk about the principal. I just want to talk about really specific moments in this show that were like so outlandish that I I ended up loving them. Like the principal who is getting made fun of, like when he's making that that pre-school speech. Oh or yeah, whatever. the speech. And then he pu- <laughs> he pulls that nerd up on stage, and he's going to expel him. Not not give him detention. He's going to expel this kid. <laughs> because he did he, the kid didn't do anything he just didn't want to face like the tough student so he brings this nerd up in front of the entire school and threatens to expel him but then ferris bueller presses the um he's got like a uh a trigger where right. apparently he's hidden some kind of explosive under the stage and blows it out and the principal falls in there why did ferris have dynamite under the stage well he's a demolitions expert as well um and he knows how to make things blow up and fall inward so that, you know, the explosion only affected the principal. He really crafted that well. How long do you think until, in this universe, Ferris Bueller calls in a bomb threat to the school? It's probably episode four. It already <laughs> happened. You will have to watch and see. I just, I, I, I'd like to imagine, I'm not going to watch any episodes after this, obviously. No, but I'd like to imagine that each episode they felt like they had to take it up a notch. To, yeah, yeah, to stay on. <laughs> to a point where, like, Ferris Bueller was basically a terrorist 
really, really like harmful schemes that he and he did it all with a smirk on his face. And then it just goes Bueller, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, good job, buddy." Uh, let's see what else, what other good scene. Well, we should talk about the intro, huh? So the intro is interesting because it's all green screen, and I don't really know why they went green screen because, like, it's yeah. just him. It's just him, like, on a green screen background, right? Yeah. For no, yeah. Couldn't they just have done that in the real world? You would think. It was I almost. Mean, in California. It's, it's almost hard. like they they decided they wanted to spend this amount of money, and they got back. They got down to the intro. They finished the episode, and they're like, "Oh, we have like uh, half a million dollars left. We should we got to bring in the green screen." Yeah. <laughs> there's literally like a a school, there's like a green screen version like a digital school and they could have literally just filmed a real school. A school, yeah, that's probably right down the street. The one that they were maybe filming at, I don't know. I'm just throwing ideas out there. <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 were some other things that stuck out to you? Well, the low <clears throat> this goes along with that the low production value in general. It's just I, I didn't remember how fuzzy TV used to be compared to, you know, it seems like these kind of shows were filmed directly to a VHS tape and then broadcast. Yeah, it was really bad. And like the back to school, I don't know, did you did you kind of get the same back to school vibes, especially in the beginning? Back to or school. Not back to school, I'm sorry, like after school special vibe. Yeah, there was a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of quotes and there's like, at the end, you know, he kind of does this wrap-up where he's like, just remember, kids, your parents, they're pretty cool. So, like, stay in school and get good grades. and It's just so corny. <laughs> it is a back-to-school special or after-school special, yeah. I thought maybe it had to do with something, like, with him talking to the camera because I know they do that a lot. And, like, yeah, he does that. And the shots were, like, really, like, still a lot of the times. Like, they would cut, but then the camera wouldn't move at all after that. So it was like very, very stilted in that regard. But I think it was mostly like the talking to the camera, the things that you're talking about, like, yeah, but they're pretty cool. Or like, hey, why don't you stay in my room? You know what? Maybe you should come with me. You might learn something. Right, right. It's (laughs) very like preachy, but at the same time, they want, they're trying to craft a generation of like good kids. You could tell how at, at the time, like everyone was just scared. Parents in the suburbs just wanted their kids to be the good, safe boy and, this is right up the alley with that. But I did note, like, interestingly enough, that The Fresh Prince was on the same night. And, like, show, this reminded me a lot of Saved by the Bell, too. Um, shows where the main character is basically, like, a, a serial sexual harasser. Like, he's talking to that girl in Latin class. You know, Sloan, I guess it's that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, like, they'll just go up to girls and just say whatever. Like, a pickup line that you would say as an adult in a bar. And then it's supposed, you're supposed to be like, yeah, like, get her, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, like, taught, to, we're watching this as kids and, like, oh, well, that's how you're supposed to be. Then. That's cool. Yeah, a lot of these shows did have that quality. Like, these dudes would just, or these kids would just go around, and if they liked a girl, they would just basically say and do whatever it took. Like, and then no, there's the implication no. that he, like, is on Smash with every lady. Like, like Will Smith, <laughs> Prince, he got all those chicks. Like, everyone in high school, by the end of high school, he must have had sex with 25 different girls. Like, every week there was a new girl on the episode. I will admit that I'm I'm I haven't watched as much Fresh Prince as oh, I probably should have. Have you seen all of them? Multiple times. 
Okay. Well, we'll have to do the. You know what? That's going to be our next pilot. I think it was the lead into the show. We have to do the Fresh Prince next. Cool. We'll we'll announce it right now. Oh, okay. One more thing I wanted to mention. Well, I guess depends on how much time we have. It could be multiple, but there was it had the lead in as Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, it was canceled after thirteen episodes, and apparently at the very same time during that same season, there was a show called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Did you ever yes. have you ever heard of the show? I have heard of it and watched an episode or two when I was a child. I remembered it right away. It was a similar show. Yeah, so it debuted at the exact same time, and outlets like news outlets were calling it Ferris Bueller with heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was better. I think it lasted a few seasons. Yeah, it lasted like 70 episodes, like three seasons, I think, and it's like the same exact, or the, it's narration. It's more like... It's more like um, not talking to the camera, but actual narration. But it's still kind of the same, the same general thing. I mean, even the music is really similar. I mean, what did you take from, like, is this the kind of music that you grew up with, old man? Yeah, I noticed right away. I wrote um, the Fine Young Cannibals had a song in this episode that was popular at the time. Um, she drives me crazy. And then the B-52s, the song Rome. Uh, that was a big hit. They were like a huge band at that time. Um, so you're saying they I, they blew most of their budget on uh, songs in this episode? Yeah, I was very surprised. But then the rest of the music was basically just a Seinfeld beat. Like that was the same same music, I think. Yeah, it was kind of like the same music, but with that that terrible late '80s, early '90s before synth. grunge. Yeah, like synth uh, disco kind of vibes yeah. to it. A lot of synths in this episode. Like they trying so hard to be cool that it's painful to listen to. <laughs> they it's like this whole show. They went hardcore. Um, let's see, what else do I got? I have I have uh, written down that a volleyball scene was magic. Oh yeah, yeah I have to talk about the beach scene. Yeah, the date. Oh yeah, you go ahead with the beach scene. All right, so eventually Ferris um, harasses Sloane enough to get her to go out with him to the beach and have lunch. <clears throat> and they have a heart-to-heart where she tells him that she wants to be a belly dancer instead mm-hmm. of being whatever her parents want her to be, I guess, a real person. At 16, by the way. Right, at 16, <laughs> she's got it figured out. And then, mid-date, she breaks into a sprint away from him and flops down onto the beach, like throws herself onto the ground for some reason. I don't know if she tripped or it was just having a moment and then just runs away from the date and then they go back to school and she's like hey sorry about that i was weird at the beach and he's like no problem and then they just never bring it up again like i don't even remember that did i did i just block that out of my memory you must have because it was so weird i couldn't that was the weirdest moment for me okay can i also say this we're running out of time how many minutes we got left well we have uh 22 we have three minutes three minutes okay so why, like, just in terms of if you think this show is going to run a really long time, why do you have the two romantic leads kiss in the very first episode? Like, yeah. all, all your buildup is gone. That doesn't really happen a lot with pilots, right? I mean, I remember it happened in Scrubs. Like, don't they hook up in the very first episode? They do, yeah, they do. But it's very, very rare that you basically take all your romantic tension and expel it in the very first episode. Like, they've already kissed. That's already your moment. 
And there's already been a whole movie where that was the point <laughs> as well. Like, you know, no, nope. seen it. Not in this universe. That movie, right. that movie already happened. Everybody forgot about it, and nobody it viewed. It sucks. It was terrible <laughs> in this fake reality when it was actually good. Nobody, nobody viewed viewed Ferris as a celebrity at all. Nobody even remembers it. So, also at one point they say the line "thinking with your weenus." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what the? Didn't he say what the frig? You gotta stop thinking with your weenus. I think I think that was Cameron that said that, right? Yes, that was one of his big catchphrase lines. Oh man, that's terrible. Let's do some press at the time, some reviews. This is the New York Times talking about the 1990 television shows, and they said, mercifully, two of the worst, Ferris Bueller and Hall High. Maybe we should do Hall High next since it's getting bashed on. Have been canceled. Um, and most of the pieces that I really saw from the show. Uh, there's one from Film School Rejects. Really take aim at the fact that the show, that in the show, Ferris is really more of an asshole than anything. He's not like this weird Zen master that shouldn't be as smart as he is as a high schooler. He's just a jerk. He like he leaves his he leaves his sister in prison. <coughs> right after raising her bail to a quarter of a million dollars. That's, that's pretty hardcore. Like I know that the sister in the movie spends some time at a prison or something. The famous Charlie Sheen scene. Yes. But I don't think I don't think he leaves her in prison for like a night. No. I want I want to see the second episode where she's actually stabbed in prison that night, and it starts at her funeral. You know, I can see myself going down the rabbit hole and watching all of these just to see what... I mean, I'm kind of curious, I must say. But, yeah, there's no redemption to the character in the show, whereas the movie was... Yeah, he had that, that great uh, Zen master quality like you have here. It, it, in the show, he's just a tool. Like, he's a jerk, and he uses people, and, like, his life runs on this weird system of favors and inappropriate boundaryless contact with adults. and Right. He has this leave it to beaver home life, but then he's like just a total douche. Yeah, so I mean, go ahead, watch the rest of the series. Tell me when he calls in the bomb threat and tell yeah. me when he gets somebody murdered for like helping somebody out of a jam, but they're actually really a bad dude. Like he helps some, that limo driver out of a jam. Probably got him off like a murder charge or something. Yeah, he got him out of traffic school. <laughs> okay, so he acted in the police mainframe and got him out of traffic I'm school. I'm really into death right now, so just let me run with it. Sorry. Well, that uh, we're out of time, bud. Damn it! All right. Well, that but, was um, that was episode two. That was Ferris Bueller, which of Ferris course Bueller. was on NBC. Next week we're going to do our next episode. I don't know when these are going to air or at in what, what time durations. <laughs> next week we're going to do Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And Grimes is gonna school me on yeah. the on the uh, Zen master himself, the TV Zen master, Will Smith. So right. tune in next time. Thank you, Grimes, for joining me today. And um, I, what was our Twitter again? Was it Pilot Study Pod? Yes. Yes. So follow us over at Pilot Study Pod, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. It's American Blossom Week this week on NBC. Three special telecasts on three special nights. Monday after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Thursday after The Cosby Show, and Saturday after Empty Nest. American Blossom Week. Quality comedy only on NBC.